Hi, this is Heidi, and this is Parent Town, a podcast where we explore stories of parenting in hopes that they can connect us and maybe make the world a little easier to understand. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Parent Town. In this podcast, we hear from Andy, who's a stay-at-home dad to two children. Here is his story. Thank you so much for being here. I was hoping you can give me a little bit of background about your, your life. Okay, I have two kids. I have a seven-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son. And I have been at home since right before my daughter was born, so about seven and a half years now. Okay. And I have to give a little background here. I've had this idea for this podcast for a couple years, and I've had friends who have been stay-at-home dads, and they tell me stories about conversations they would have and interactions that I would find a little bit shocking. And you posted something that was in you know response to sort of this I don't know, it was sort of a thoughtless post that somebody had done. And it reminded me, this topic really needs to be, you know, maybe higher on my list. Do you remember that article and what it said? I don't remember it specifically. I know we talked a little bit about, it was some article about this exhaustion that comes over moms. And the article was very heavy. It was mom this, mother's that, that made up a phrase for the exhaustion that was... I don't know, tired mom syndrome or something. (laughs) And in general, those kinds of things don't bother me too much. I I see it similar to when you're writing or speaking. You don't want to have to say he, she all the time. You say he, you say her. You choose a pronoun and go with it. Right. And a lot of articles focus on mom, not dad, when they mean parent in general. Something about that article rubbed me particularly badly that it was just super mom heavy and clearly dads were immune to whatever this issue <laughs> dads was. Dads don't get tired. Yeah. That's basically what I was saying. Because yeah. <laughs> I think your comment was like, oh, good thing it's just the moms. Yeah, something, something along those lines. Um, and another thing that prompted me, and <clears throat> I was sharing this with you earlier, was there was a article in the Washington Post. Uh, I think it was a 2015 article. And the quota is, the days of the dumb dad era are gone. And that prompted me again to dive a little deeper into this. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I do graduate school and I do this podcast, but 98.9% of my role is stay-at-home mom. And I've had many conversations with other moms about this job, the good and the not-so-good And just from my perspective, I've seen there's been a little bit of a shift in people's thinking in what I do, but I love what the author, Chad Prevost, says here, quote, it is definitely another job, but it's also often humble work tending to others and scheduling your life around their schedules while remaining engaged enough to be emotionally present for your kids. There's little external reward, and for many smart and driven people, even when you do it well, it's not enough. But it also made me think, I have not thought, as Heidi, as a woman, very hard about the stay-at-home dad and seeing this job through your lens and your perspective. And I guess I would just like to get that. 
And when we think about society still sort of missing the boat here, in your opinion, what are we missing? What are some biases that you still see are out there about the stay-at-home dad? Well, I think a lot of it is gender irrelevant. Mom, dad, male, female, non-traditional parenting. Maybe you're an aunt or a grandmother raising a child. Uh, There are all kinds of... There are things that apply universally to all parents and caregivers. Mm -hmm. You know, that they... If you've given birth to your child, not adopted or something, there's that moment when they say, you can leave the hospital now. You have a car seat. That's the only qualification for leaving the hospital with a brand new baby, is you have a car seat. And now you're going to let me take this thing home and take care of it. And there won't be a nurse checking every 20 minutes all night long Mm -hmm. to make sure everything's okay. Right. And there's that panic that comes in. Panic might be a strong word. No, it's panic. It's it's panic. (laughs) There's nobody checking up on me, taking care of this baby. Our society in general helps prepare women for that a little better. Uh, You know, as a child, girls are encouraged to play with dolls and bottles and and go through that process at some point. And boys are generally discouraged from that, or at least were more traditionally. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's that universal worry and fear that goes with being a parent, a new parent, especially the very first time. And I think a lot of people make the mistake that dads are somehow more immune to that, Mm. uh, that you don't have that emotional response of Hmm. caring for this new baby. And you don't have those fears of, you know, what if I drop the baby the Mm -hmm. first, you know, leaving the hospital, I drop the baby, get into the car. I'm Mm -hmm. the worst parent in the world. And Moms are supposed to feel that. Women are supposed to feel that. And men are supposed to be a little more stern and, Mm. well, I'll just pull the car around, dear, and everything Uh will be fine. Uh But the reality is that those same concerns come into play. Uh And then you get home and it's, you have to make sure there are enough diapers on hand. You have to make sure that there's milk or formula, whatever your, whatever stage you're at with Uh the baby. And introducing solid food, and is it too soon? And uh-huh. oh, that cough. Do I need to go to the doctor for uh-huh. that cough? Uh-huh. Oh no, it's a second cough. Uh-huh. Like one cough, I could I could ignore, but two coughs. <laughs> what do I do? And is that a dry cough? Is there phlegm? Like what do I do? Yeah. And men. And again, I'm speaking, and this conversation is going to be full of assumptions and you know relative to traditional gender roles from the 50s and it's we could spend the entire podcast talking about well and other groups and accept this group or whatever um men in general are assumed to be immune to a lot of that it's not a gender issue it's a it's a normal human concern Mm -hmm. of caring for a new child and It can happen to men, women, parents, other caregivers. Everybody has these same fears and concerns. Do you feel that when you left the hospital with your child, and and maybe even now, that you weren't necessarily supported the way that your wife was in that role of parent in general? To some extent, yes. It was more understandable for her to feel these these Mm. sort of nurturing concerns. Mm -hmm. I don't think there was... I'm hesitant to say judgment. It it, it wasn't that severe. It wasn't that harsh. Uh, But I think there was some assumption 
among other people in our lives that this situation was temporary. Oh, I'm a stay-at-home dad until I find a job. Interesting. Did you have people that, that you felt like assumed that or that would say that out loud even? I had, and I'm going to be vague because I don't want to target anyone. I was introduced as so-and-so. He's unemployed right now. Like that was, that was, that was like my was the number one thing about me you should share to a new person who had never met me before. Not, I'm a father. I'm a stay-at-home dad. I'm tall. I, like, there are a million other things about me that would probably be more polite to bring up. And I wasn't unemployed. I was a stay-at-home dad. I am yeah. a stay-at-home dad. Exactly. Are there other personal examples, like interactions or comments that have surprised you, either really, really good or the not-so-good? Uh, one story that really sticks with me and bugs me, and I you know, wish I'd have had a snappy comeback. We were at the <laughs> state fair, and I had my son in the wagon. He was, it wouldn't have been a first, he was probably about 15 months at the state fair, so pretty small, sitting in the wagon, and I took him to go stand in line and get a beer, because that's what dads do. Yes. (laughs) And my wife had my daughter, they were off, I don't know, doing something, and we were going to, you know, just do our thing and meet up. So I'm standing in line with my son in the wagon, and he's very fair-skinned, prone to sunburn, uh, does not handle the heat well. And so I just put, like, a fresh coat of sunscreen on him. But I had taken his sun hat off because he was getting hot with the hat on. Okay. It was actually getting a little cooked. So I'd just taken his hat off, and we're standing in line, and we're about two feet from where the shade starts from the awning. So we're in the sun. My son is fully exposed, no hat or anything. And this woman behind me says, hey, Dad, you might want to put a hat on your son. Mm-mm. And it was a very pointed dad. It was... It was clear this is not something she would have ever said to a woman. And I sort of stumbled and muttered and turned around like, "Eh, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of pushed the wagon up into the guy in front of me to sort of be closer to the shade. And I, you know, I kind of blew it off and moved on, but it just, it chewed at me. Yes. For a long time. Like, you never would have said that to a woman. Mm -mm. You never would have assumed that a woman hadn't just put sunscreen on or had some reason to take the hat off. Mm -hmm. He was fine. Mm -hmm. I was perfectly aware that he was in the sun and that long term, that's not a good thing. But at that moment, I had made the choice that he's in a good place right now. It was a stupid little five-second conversation that just... It nagged at me because it was so yeah. it was inappropriate just, yeah. and the phrasing and the tone of voice, everything about it was just wrong. And, you know, that was four years ago now. And I still can remember it plain as day. Yeah. It just really bugged me. Well, it brings me back to the article, the, you know, this Washington Post article about this. But I want to read you just a little bit of like a section of that article because it made me think about your your story. He says that just a few years ago, when I was less embroiled in the throes of daddom, I had no idea about the pervasive characterization of the dumb dad, but it is everywhere. You can find dumb dads in the young reader books like the Berenstain Bears sitcoms or Leave It to Beaver or All in the Family, Married with Children to Everybody Loves Raymond and an enduring legacy of commercials since the 1950s. 
As Homer Simpson, perhaps the most enduring (laughs) of his ilk, quips, marriage is like a coffin and each kid is another nail. For generations, those bumbling oafs set a subconscious example for the rest of us, giving us implicit permission to leave household duties to our wives because obviously we just weren't that good at them anyway. What is this? Is this... Is it a generational thing? Is it uh, like, again, why are we still having this conversation and why are we still having to feel like it's okay for that woman? Like she made a decision to say that to you and consciously she said it and she probably thought that she was somehow helping in a way. Yes, I think, I imagine in her mind as a woman... Maybe she was a mother, maybe not. I have no idea what her experience with children was. But my sense was that as a woman, she was more qualified to parent than I was. Mm. Period. There were no other side issues, no other qualifications, nothing else to consider that all women are better at parenting than all men. You know, the, the best father in the world is not going to be quite up to the level of the, you know, meth-addicted mother who leaves her child on a park bench for hours at a time. Mm-hmm. And that's extreme. Sure. I, <laughs> I get your point, though. But there there are, there, there's a tiny percentage of our population, I think, actually believes that. Mm-hmm. That no man could ever be up to the standard of your average mom. Mm-hmm. It's disappointing. You know, I think there's a generational aspect to it. Uh, my wife and I have talked a lot about her grandparents and she feels pretty confident all four of her grandparents would have been much, much happier if the dad had stayed home and the mom had gone to work. Wow. But at that point in time, that was virtually unheard of. There were probably a handful of cases where the, the woman was earning the income and the man was at home with the children, but that would have been exceedingly rare, very specific circumstances to make that happen. But in this particular case, you know, both of her grandfathers were more of the nurturing, hands-on, caring type, and the mothers were more sort of business-minded. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know... It probably would have worked well for them if yeah, it would have been more had that been allowed option, somehow. Yeah, that would have been great. I was, uh, just to come back to some personal stories too, I've been you know, at a playground with, with friends who are stay-at-home dads and like, we'll just be chatting. And, and then there's that woman who comes up to us and she'll look straight at like my male friend and be like, that is so great that you get to spend some time with your kids today. And like, I, I am too. <laughs> or the, um, it's so nice that you're giving your wife a break. Yes. Or you are babysitting your children. That's kind of That's my kind ultimate of the classic, favorite. Yeah. Is the... <laughs> You know, oh, is dad babysitting today? No. Is mom babysitting ever? (laughs) Like you would, again, you would never ask a woman if she's babysitting her own kids. But it's perfectly acceptable to ask a dad if he is babysitting his own kids. And it's, some of it's generational. You know, once upon a time, there were very specific gender roles. And the woman, you know, Laundry and dishes and changing diapers. That was all women's work. And men went to the office and did paperwork and paid the bills and and repaired things around the house. Very masculine tasks. And it wasn't that that 
I don't want to say that those were bad fathers because I don't think that's the case. I, I'm sure they loved their children. They took good care of their family. It simply wasn't part of their day-to-day task right. to change a diaper. That wasn't on their list of things to do. And gradually that probably changed over the years and those lines softened where, mm-hmm. you know, a woman might change 90% of the diapers mm-hmm. and the man changed 10%. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe we're approaching more of a 50-50 situation. Well, what, was the, or, what was the statistic we were reading in the article? Between 1995 and 2011, the number of stay-at-home dads in the U.S. nearly tripled from 64,000 to 176,000. And you mentioned, like, that's still really low. Um, and then we realized, you know, it was... 2011, and I would think that that number would be even higher today. I would think so. Another five years should boost that. But I think it would be interesting, maybe this would be separate research, to compare, like, what other groups in the United States are there roughly 176,000 of? Like, Mm -hmm. where does that compare to other small subsets of people? How many redheads are there in America? (laughs) I'm guessing it's more than 176,000. Totally engaging. Um, (laughs) It'd just be fun to have a reference point for those numbers. But, you know, 176,000 sounds like a lot. But when you're talking millions and millions and millions of people, that's still very small. What kind of advice to not only like a dad that is staying home, maybe with his first child, but also for the seasoned dad who's like you, who's been doing this for a long time? I think the best advice I could give would be good advice for all parents, but I think it would be especially good for a stay-at-home dad, is be very aware of your own social needs and your own isolation. Being a stay-at-home parent can be very isolating. You know, you don't really realize how isolating until you've spent four days, and the only adult you've spoken to is your spouse. Mm -hmm. You didn't go to the grocery store and even speak to a a cashier at that time. I was very always excited to see my mailman. Yeah, and I, I found myself becoming that guy who talks to the cashier way longer than is necessary. I, I think when I realized, like, oh, my God, the, the next person's waiting to check out. Shut up. Move on. <laughs> but I want to talk to somebody. Another adult. Another adult. <laughs> and I think it's, it's easy for moms to express, oh, I feel so lonely. I need to get together with another mom. You know, when your kid's two months old, you don't really do play dates because they don't really move. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still want to, you know, have a friend over for coffee or something, anything to connect with another human being. And it's a little harder for dads. Uh, I think it's it's harder for men in general to express an emotional need, especially to another man. But what I've found with an infant at home for a new parent, that isolation is... To some extent, self-imposed, but it's kind of built in. It's not that easy to just throw your kid in the car and go run errands. But as they get a little older, trips to the playground are great. And maybe you run into another parent. Maybe you strike up a a conversation. But when you go to the playground and it's mostly moms and nannies, it can be even more isolating, I think, than being alone. Mm -hmm. Somehow it's even worse to be near other adults that you can't talk to. Mm. And I know I've talked to other dads who say, I've never experienced this. This has not happened to me. But it's, in my personal experience, 
there's sort of a pack mentality with parents at the playground. And if I show up at the playground with my kids and there are half a dozen moms chatting, it's usually decided in the first five seconds I'm there if any of them are going to speak to me. And if I can strike up a conversation with a group of moms, that's great. And then everybody's having fun and having a good time and we talk and the kids play and it's wonderful. But if I show up and it's sort of decided as a group that we do not want to talk to this man, there's nothing I can do to break into that conversation. <laughs> and then then, then it becomes, here's half a dozen women standing mm-hmm. around talking while their kids play. And there's me over on this bench to the side mm. going, yeah, I'll just sit here and watch my kids mm-hmm. for a while. Mm. And... You know, avoid the urge to be the guy just staring at his phone while the kids play because what else am I going to do? Do you know what else is out there, like, in the Twin Cities as far as... There is. uh, There is still an all-dads ECFE class. There is, okay. uh, And we did that early on. It was great. And there's actually... It's a Facebook group just because that's how we do everything now is on Facebook. But there's a, a group of dads from ECFE who still stay in touch you know, there are guys in that group who haven't had a kid in ECFE in 15 years, sure. but we stay in touch. We'll right. all go out for a beer once in a while. Um, there are a couple. There's Minnesota Dads at Home, okay. which is a group that's statewide, so mm. it's very, very small pockets okay. in specific areas. Okay. I was just thinking about that. I guess I don't, I had, I have no idea. I mean, I could name a thousand groups that would be more you know, for both parents or just, you know, probably more focused on moms. But outside of ECFE, I can't think of anything that's specifically targeted to stay-at-home dads. So that is something to think about, too. Yeah, there's there are groups out there for parents in general, and some of them are good, some are less good. Some are clearly, you know, on paper they're for parents, they're really for moms. Sure. Um and it's, I feel like I'm coming across as overly bitter. And that's no, you're not. not. My intention. <laughs> um, I think, I think it's just this it's reality. Just, it's reality. It's, it's not that somebody sets out to make this group exclusively for moms and no boys allowed. It's just that that's the vast majority of stay at home parents are women. And so groups end up becoming for women. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think it's that different from. You know, same-sex couples probably feel some isolation of sure. not being able to participate in parenting groups or single parents or divorced parents mm-hmm. you know, living separately. They all still have the same parenting needs and concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, you become a subset of the group mm. that may or may not be addressed mm-hmm. uh, and your, your specific needs may not be met. And for me, it's one thing that's really, really hard about that. You know, if I go to the playground and the moms won't talk to me, eh, I'll get over it. But if my children get excluded from the playgroup Mm -hmm. because of that, Mm -hmm. that really hurts. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, There's my daughter has a friend been trying to set up a play date with for them to hang out outside of school. And it has proven challenging. And... I can't help but get the sense it's because there's some issue with me as a man setting up the play date feels awkward. Hmm. 
And if I invite you and your kids over so the kids can play and you and I can drink coffee and chat, am I hitting on you? I'm not. But I think that's sort of the default in a, in a male-female heterosexual dynamic. Sure. If I'm inviting you over for coffee and our spouses aren't going to be there, yeah, that's sketchy. That is so that's interesting. Really, like, I would never think like that. But I suppose that's the vibe you're getting. Then, but that's the scenario yeah. that in a situation like this, it could be misperceived. Mm-hmm. And hmm. but that's good for I think people to recognize because I would have never thought that until this conversation right now. Like that's something that goes on in your head, and that's like a narrative that you have to kind of add. It's like I'm the one setting up the play dates. This is part of my job. I think that's interesting for us to think about. I think one thing I still see a lot that comes up, kind of where we started this conversation of the you know the bumbling dad and this sort of gender role that should be outdated at this point. And there's still so much of that going on. And I, I, I find it in new places as my children kind of pass milestones. Sure. There were the issues when they were an infant. There were the issues when they were toddlers. There were Mm -hmm. the issues when they first started preschool and there are issues now in grade school. There are all these little places that these gender norms keep popping up. Hmm. Uh, And one that just came up recently in a conversation was the idea of signing up at school to help out. The people who sign up to help at their children's school are called room moms. Really? Like a room mom? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, there was a guy, uh, I think it was from the Minnesota Dads group, who posted the, the little posting on the wall of his kid's classroom, and it's room moms. And third or fourth on the list is his name listed, and he's a room mom. Wow. And it never... And again, and again it's if that's the worst thing that happens to you in this lifetime, <laughs> then you're doing great. Um, but would it be a... that hard to change it to room parent? Volunteer or volunteer. <laughs> person we like to be around. Yeah, who and it's is an adult. <laughs> but I suppose it's like a thousand tiny paper cuts, where you see this all around, yeah. and then you have a great sense of humor. You are able to realize in a way that okay, yes, this is somebody's bumbling attempt, and I can kind of laugh it off, but it still kind of bothers me. But that we have more conversations to have about this. And I think it's just being aware and and hearing other people's stories, like your own, about what you've seen and what you witnessed, because you're just going to experience it differently than I would. And I think it's especially good for women to hear this. For everyone. Yeah. It's, this isn't just about, you know, putting dads on equal footings with moms. To me, it's all part of the same conversation of, other families, people raising a child in some form, have the same concerns, the same needs. Mm-hmm. All around the world, wherever mm-hmm. you want to go, there are different cultural norms, there are different standards, mm-hmm. and I, I think we can just be a little more open to that. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for, for sharing your perspective, and, and thanks for talking to me. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Please check out our website at www.parent-town.com. Like us and share the podcast on our Facebook site. We really, really appreciate that. You can listen to us where you listen to all your podcasts under Parent Town Podcast. 
If you have an idea for a show, we would love to hear from you, so don't be shy. Thank you to Greg Ward at Studio Arcade and to Park States for our theme music. Again, thank you for listening. I'm Heidi, and this is Parent Town. Parent Town.